0: Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. A Monday upon us, a Monday that is going to see um, really a full week of trading sandwiched in between two holiday weeks. Kind of talked a little bit about that last week, but add to the fact that the markets are got kind of an interesting vibe going on. Uh, we did see the beans kind of poke into some positive territory today, and on the livestock side, actually cattle saw some good numbers as well. The hogs, on the other hand, were to the negative. We're going to look at what's going on in these markets with a report as well coming out later this week. Darren Fessler joins us right now. He is with Lakefront Futures. So I want to start out, because you made a great comment um, before we started the program today, Darren, that you know the beans right now might be that bright star that we need in this marketplace.
1: They are. I mean, you look at the balance sheet, just simply the balance sheet of beans if you don't get the acres, if you have weather, I know there's some ifs in this crop, I know there's a lot of ifs in a lot of scenarios. But you don't that that cushion of air is not there in the beans. Now, the thing that can negate all of the bearishness or bullishness, I should say, in the balance sheets is is exports. Now, we're going to compete more and more um, with with the Brazilian exports, you know, in the months ahead here. But it all comes down to the weather, and given how much this corn, bean, and wheat market is beat up, uh, you know the the market that really can take this off and, and you know take the that bearishness out of it, it. It's it's definitely the beans, just simply because again the balance sheet tells you if you have some issues, you're going to be very tight. And so again, I, I think Thursday's report, you know, month end, quarter end, grain stocks, acreage, you're going to set that tone basically for the, you know, the remaining of this crop year uh, up until harvest. And, you know, there are some things that you outside markets are continuing to, to, to maybe, Maybe play havoc on, uh, you know, consumer sediment. Obviously, you look at what's happened uh, over the last week in the corn, and, and continues to be in the beans or uh, in, in the wheat market. Um, you, you're definitely, I think, shaking some of the lo- uh, the weak longs out of this market. So now you've got that whole uh, you know psychological factor, I think, to the market as well. So maybe some of the the ones who want to be long this stuff, maybe uh, you know, might just be a little bit timid at this point.
0: So having said that, I mean, we're going to get hit with a lot of reports on Thursday. A lot of reports are going to start taking the shape of the trade the rest of the week and then obviously see that quick knee-jerk reaction after those numbers are released on Thursday. As, as a producer, as a grower, how do you prep for, for the deluge of information that's going to come our way?
1: Well, you, you know, we, we've had a lot of opportunities here thus far. I, I think we're going to have plenty of opportunities uh, to remain, uh, but again, I, I think it's one of these things where we, we got to keep things in perspective. Uh, we're still sitting here at you know almost six sixty on the uh, March twenty three, you know, or north of six fifty on the d's contract. being still above you know fourteen dollars. I mean, we're still talking historically some pretty good levels. Now, and you know, if the crops in the ground, we already knew or know what those those input costs are. Um, so. I think that, you know, getting a plan in place here now, uh, if this market should rally back towards seven, maybe 750, uh, we got to have a plan in place, for, you know, when those times happen. Now, ideally, the plan should already be in place. But there's a lot of issues going on there with weather-wise, you know, a lot of uncertainty about how this crop, especially in Nebraska, with all the ale we've had, um, maybe how this crop turns out. Uh, but again, it's, it's one of these things that, you know, I always try to, you know your backyard is not the entire market um you know where where rain, where it's raining all across eastern iowa and, and parts of uh uh of illinois uh they seem to be you know mattering more you know this time of year but there's been a lot of issues in the entire growing belt from north dakota to minnesota and late planting the stands we've had hail you know it seems as though that when we get in these environments, these seasonal tendencies to be bearish, sometimes they're very hard to shake without you know, that weather event. Now, we've had plenty do more remain here. It seems like even 10 days ago we were talking about this dome of heat and this doom and gloom. All of a sudden, maybe the models are changing to a wetter, maybe cooler pattern. So we'll see how this all plays out. But technically, this is a weak market.
0: You had posted, you know, you were talking about the the soybeans and things that you had posted. And you put some really interesting charts on on your Twitter page. And I think really kind of lay things out in a a series of tweets talking about what's going to happen with these balance sheets come the end of Thursday.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, the balance sheets are the big one here. We're we're going to be looking at roughly is what the trade estimate has. We have about nine hundred and sixty five million bushels left. Um, so that that's what we're going to be looking for on the beans and on the corn. We're looking at what basically 4.3 billion, and on the wheat side, we're looking at about 655 million bushels left. Um, how how big does this impact the overall sediment? Because I think that just the psychological aspect of what has taken place here, n- not just from a producer. I'm I'm talking from a fund management standpoint, a retail trader type standpoint. What's going to get funds more excited? About this trade, and that's why I think, you know, Thursday is so big for just the just the confidence of this market because uh, the morale at this point is really beaten down.
0: So where do we go from here? We've got an acreage report that comes out, or not acreage report, a crop conditions report that comes out again this afternoon, and I have a lot of folks that say we don't really put a lot of weight on those numbers anymore.
1: Yeah, I, and I don't either. I still talk about it. I, I still post the numbers. Um, the, you, they will. They will show a decline in ratings this week. I'm, I'm fairly confident in that. Um, but what I think there's a lot of people who, who look at these ratings and say, well, that's definitely not what happened in my area. And then the next guy, well, yeah, I could agree with that. And so I, I think you got to take these things with a little bit of grain of salt and, and just, and look at the overall landscape of the, what's going on in the market.
0: Alright, well stick around folks. We do have a lot more coming up as we get ready for the second half of today's Fontenelle Final Bell. We'll talk a little bit more about what's happening in these grain markets, some of the outside market influences, and of course what's happening on the livestock front as well for a Monday trade. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.
1: At Fontanelle Hybrids, we hear a lot from our customers and dealers that we have a family feel to our organization. Just ask Doug Bartek, a Fontenelle dealer at Wahoo Nebraska. I feel Fontenelle is very family oriented.
0: They care a great deal about their customers and provide updates on what could be occurring out in the field and what to watch out for i feel fortunate to work with a great group of people to provide a quality
1: product for more on being part of the Fontenelle family just go to Fontenelle.com. Always read and follow Grain Marketing and all other stewardship practices and Pesticide Label VM.
0: Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, continuing our conversation with Darren Fessler. Darren, of course, with Lakefront Futures. So let's look at this wheat complex because harvest does continue. It's into Kansas at this point and getting variations of harvest numbers, Darren, which we should expect with the way this crop has been going this year. But this is a market that just can't seem to break out for very long into the positives.
1: No, I mean, you're definitely seeing the, the, the harvest wheat pressure. You're, you're definitely seeing your yields all over the board. Uh, but technically, you know, this is a, this has been a very, very weak market. And and so to me, when I look at not only the July KC, but I look at, you know, say further out of the December KC, I mean, you you're still talking roughly forty cents below even the five-day moving average. When I look at numbers like that, it tells me yes, we are extremely oversold, but it also tells me the sediment of the market is going to have to get back above, let's say, ten sixty-four on the D's, and that's seventy cents away. So um, we got to see much. Much much better technical action to to really change and negate what's going on in this trend or again we could just continue to sell off here you're going to see relief rallies just like you're seeing in the equity markets you're still in a kind of a bearish trend in the equities but you're seeing these relief rallies of five, ten, twelve 12 percent you could easily see that in, in the wheat market as well and still be bearish so the way the way I'm looking at the wheat market right now is obviously we're still following what's going on and taking place in the Ukraine Russia trade and, and and not only that but the seasonal tendencies in, in wheat here so we We should be you know maybe starting to reach some seasonal tendencies and so lows Pretty soon here, but again, when when you're here in wheat, that's twenty twenty five bushel. Then you hear up maybe eighty bushel, all in in a, a two hundred mile radius. You know, it's so hard to gauge at this point. But right now, it's purely structural, uh, structural. You know, trade damage here from from a technical perspective, and you just need to see much better here to get the funds excited about wheat again.
0: All right. Well, you talked about uh, Russia, Ukraine, and all the things happening globally. And then I I saw your post as well, talking about U.S. strategic oil reserve, some of the lowest we've seen since the mid '80s. How does that weigh in to what we see in the in these grain and livestock markets?
1: Well, you know, it's—I've been very vocal. I'll say on the on the energy side of things, it's you know, it kind of makes you scratch your head and like, why why are you doing this, and what benefit is it going to do? I mean, we we continue to drain our SPR. Uh, and and the energy policy that you know we're we're on here, it just seems like it's going to create more short term, you know, inflation and pressure that's going to go on. But if you look at the IA, I, EIA data, uh, we we certainly could be seeing some demand destruction, you know, start to take place within gasoline. How that impacts the ethanol, it, it's still it, it's still up for a debate. I mean, you look at ethanol; it's still pretty strong out there. But again, I think these inflationary type pressures are going to linger still for quite a while. Even though uh, you know we're going to see some prices that decline here, I, I continue to mention that once energy goes, and I think energy might be one of the last ones to go. But once energy goes, I think the whole thing is more or less a deflationary type trade. But again, I, I'm looking at energy as as a big. Driver for inflation, and so that you. are With that being said, you're going to have the continued interest within the commodities and continued interest in the grains. uh You know, one thing to watch for is it may not impact us as much over here, but it's definitely the European natural gas, the whole gas situation in there and and what's going on with russia because you know we've got the g7 meeting today they wanting to try to stop more uh, more sanctions you know trade deals against china or against russia how does that impact crude oil and in general how does that impact the wheat trade that could be a really positive thing going forward even though they're it's uh, it's part of a war deal
0: what about these positive tones we're seeing in the livestock specifically the cattle market to start on monday
1: yeah, you know, I, I, you seen cattle on feed on Friday. Seen placements below. I came in, I believe, at ninety eight percent. You know, my question, I back my mind when's the next time we're going to see over 100 and, and we, we've talked about this some time i don't think the cattle are there uh, but do we have the the sediment of the of the equity markets the outside the consumer are are, are they confident enough to really step in here buy the higher priced meats here and, and move this thing through the system and i think that as we go along here if we don't have any major major disruptions within the equity markets or the economy as a whole i really think that uh, cattle has a really really positive undertone to it um look at how beat this thing beat up this thing has been since say mid-april and especially some of these deferreds i think there's a really positive tone here maybe setting the course here as we go forward in the months ahead
0: real fast did cattle uh get, or packers get enough cattle purchase last week
1: i don't think they did i think you're going to see stronger prices this week
0: all right sounds really good what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you All right, of course. Joining us today has been Darren Fessler. Darren is with Lakefront Futures. As we always remind folks, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss that aren't always suitable to all investors. That's been today's Fontenelle Final Bell. It's been brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers. By the way, you can check this out as a podcast at RuralRadioNetwork.com. Wherever you subscribe, it's a free podcast. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network.